It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Punk Rock Collaboration with Fred Johnson IV. All right, Punk Rock Classrooms crew, I am super excited for this episode today. This is a Punk Rock collaboration, and I was lucky enough to sit down with Fred Johnson IV and talk about helping students make that transition from high school to college, from high school to what's next. And it's something that we haven't really talked about a whole lot on Punk Rock Classrooms, and so it was a great opportunity to sit down. Fred Johnson uh, is a uh, college success speaker. He's the founder of the fourth education firm and Grind to grad. Uh, He helps families and students navigate and prep for college and college success. So check out this interview. Super stoked that I got to sit down and talk to Fred. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. I've got Fred Johnson, the fourth with me. Fred, I want to say thank you for joining me on on the program today, uh, and I'm I'm super excited that you're here. That we're going to be able to talk about you know all, all sorts of stuff in the in the world of education. And so, Fred, you know you let let's talk a little bit about who you are and what you do in education. You you're the founder of Fourth Education Firm. Can you can you tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do in education? Throw it out there for the people. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, also excited about the opportunity to connect with you uh, tonight. So thank you, Josh. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Fred Johnson. I'm founder of Fourth Education, which is an educational consulting firm, really trying to make sure there's a positive impact on, on young people, particularly when we think about their lives after high school and, and what it will take for them to be successful. So I'm also a motivational speaker and love talking to college students to, to help them be successful. Awesome. So let's let's talk a little bit about what got you to what got you to that position, right? Like for me, uh, you know, having been a high school, you know, high school social studies teacher, what took you to where you're at now? What were the steps before Fred was doing this this uh, consulting for students getting into you know college and success after high school? Right. Well, I started as a high school physical science teacher. Uh, loved it. Loved it. I love building and connecting with my students. Love creating fun lessons and trying to make science fun for them. Eventually transitioned out of the classroom and then started to do a college advising. And so uh, still have that passion for, for helping students and want to connect with them in a, in a different way. And then uh, that eventually led to the role that I, I'm in now. I'm a senior director of an organization called CA Next that helps the alumni from our network of schools after high school. And then it really, I started to think, you know what, this is a passion of mine. I really love connecting with students. I really like sharing my story and helping them along their journey. Let me kind of, uh, you know, branch out and start to do my own thing a little bit. So that's what got me into motivational speaking and consulting. That's that's awesome. Like as a, I mean, I taught seniors for a very long time. That was my gig for, I don't know, 10 of my 15 years in the classroom before I moved into the role I'm in now was, was teaching seniors, right? So I had kids mm-hmm. for one semester and like, I felt like when I had those kids for one semester, I was very much like, 
okay, I'm going to help you as much as I can. We're going to, ha- we're going to have as much fun as we can, but then they're, then they're gone. And, and, I, you know, one right. of those things, you know, having taught at campuses that were avid schools, I don't know how familiar you are with, with the avid program and, you know, advancement via individual determination, this, this idea of helping first gen college students really be successful in mm-hmm. high school and, and, and apply for college. And when I read through what you've got going on with, uh, you know, with, with the consulting you're doing and the work you're doing with, with, you know, really when I was looking through the blogs over, over on the website, really about like, how are we preparing students to be successful post high school? Right. right. And, and for, for me, that's something that we haven't really talked a lot about on punk rock classrooms, right? We focus a lot on, you know, impacting kids right then in the moment, but not always what, what happens after that, that P 12 experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let me, let me ask you, like, as a former <laughs> educator, as someone who's in this role now, what do you think are some really important things that especially let's, let's say high school teachers, what are some really important things that they can be doing to help their students prepare for what comes next after high school? You know what? It, it might surprise some people because some people might think the first thing I would kind of talk about are, are academic habits or, or time management. Those are very important, but I would say some of the, the biggest and maybe most transferable skills that you could develop in students, I think one is having students be able to like dream about what they want and be able to get that exposure to different careers so that they can kind of do that long-term to short-term planning. I yeah. think for, for a lot of students, and this was the case with myself too, college is just the next thing you're supposed to do because your parents said you should do it. There's not really <laughs> that long-term here's what I want to be. Here's the impact that I want to have in the world, in my family, in my community. And does that track back to college as a, as a way to achieve that? So I would say students, a teacher helping students to find their passion, their purpose, and what brings them joy is huge. I think another, another piece is being independent and self-advocacy. And okay. there's so much of high school and school in general that's structured right? As it should be. But I think the part that I see that's tough for even the most academically prepared students when they get there is there's very little structure or you have to set a lot of the structure when you're outside of a, of a classroom setting. Yeah. So I think the more that teachers can mimic that environment or mimic that level of independence where students will have to choose how they're going to spend their time, right? They're going to have to, you know, do more analyzing about how do I attack this project versus, you know, being just things being handed to them. Yeah. Uh, and then I think there's that, we always talk about critical thinking, but yeah. what, what does that really mean? But I think a student being able to advocate for what they need. So I think even opportunities in the classroom for them to speak with a professor or a teacher one-on-one and just advocate for themselves. Hey, what do you, what do you, think is going well? What do you think could be better? What changes would you like to see? But I think there's a level of ownership where students are just used to being told and being, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. do, do what they're being told versus being able to kind of have a little bit more ownership. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for us, one of the things we talk about a lot on, on our program is the idea of like teachers bringing that passion into the classroom and then helping students find that passion. And I think about myself, like I grew up in a really small town. Neither of my parents went to college, uh, but like 
one of each of their parents went to college, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't a first generation kid, but my parents grew up where my dad could go work for General Motors and didn't need a college degree to support a family and and all that. But my parents just expected like, yeah, you're going to college. This is what, this is what you do. Right. Um, And I remember that same thing. And I, I always hate saying this as like an educator, but I like became a teacher by default sometimes because Mm. I didn't have, I don't remember being in high school and getting the laundry list or like being really doing career exploration. Right. For me, it was like doctor, lawyer, uh, nurse, teacher, right. Those, those are the things. And, And I was like, well, I really don't want to go to school for eight years. Uh, I'll, I'll be a teacher, right? Like that, that was my thing for me. I thought about going mm-hmm. to art school, but then that got squashed. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a teacher then. I love education. I love teaching, but for me, it ended up, it felt like a default thing. And now, you know, being a, being an adult and, and, you know, working with students and, you know, we run a career fair on our campus. Mm-hmm sharing all of those things with kids, all those different opportunities. I'm like, oh man, I wish, I wish that would have happened for me. So when you're working with students, high school students, mm-hmm. what are the tools that, that you help them, you know, use to sort of to, to, to navigate? Cause in all honesty, when, when we get to that, you said it, when after high school, it's a lot of like, now you decide what you're going to do, right? Like you set your schedule, you do this, you do that. How do you help you know, students navigate that. And as a high school teacher, how do you, a a young adult navigate the world of what should they explore? Is there, is there things that you work with students on that, that really help them sort of narrow down what they might be interested in or how does that work? Yeah, it's definitely not easy. There are definitely a few tools that I think can get you started. So uh, OpNet is a great free resource for anybody can use OpNet. It's, it's this career interest survey. And I'm sure there's a bunch that you can find online. U-Science is, is a paid platform that, that educators can use, and it gives really extensive strengths, areas of growth. Here are some, I mean, all kind of soft skill yeah. things that kids can work on. So there's that. I think, honestly, the best thing is uh, kids getting connected with what are the things I think I'm interested in and what's an opportunity for me to engage in that. So whether that be a summer job, volunteering, an, an internship. I would that that's the way I found out. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't until I volunteered in a hospital for a summer. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. Every day. <laughs> this, is, this is not it. So I, I've honestly found uh, and you kind of have to dig. It, it, it depends on the city you're in yeah. and what opportunities they are. But really helping students to Google search and find opportunities to engage in the day to day and then debrief with them. How did that feel? Was there anything stirred up in you? Right. Did that did some part of this bring you joy? Did that pique your your interest? And for some students, it's like, uh, it's, it's OK. And for somebody to be like, I think I, I really like that. And just to continue to feed that that fire. So I think, honestly, interning, volunteering or finding a, a summer job, a part-time job, doing something uh, career adjacent at least yeah. will help them to, to figure out if that's the right direction they should go in. Yeah, I, 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 totally, I, I totally get what you're saying. I, th- I think that that's that, that piece of it is uh, that internship is that sort of like test the waters, right? Test the water. I remember, I remember like 
when I went to college, I had so many friends who were like, I'm going to go, I'm getting a degree in communications. And I'd be like, but what are you going to do? I don't know. You could do anything with communications. And I'm like, well, yeah, but what do you want to do? Right. I think that's the other reason I became a teacher is because I knew I'm going to get this degree and I knew exactly what I was going to do. Right. Uh, But, but when we have such broad we have such broad, broad fields um, when you can get a degree like communication and, and use it in all these different ways. I think that that becomes the, that becomes the tricky part of finding out well, right. what is it that you want to do, you know? Right. So right. when, when you're working with, you know, young adults, mm-hmm. um, high school students that are, that are, you know, coming into it, right. They're about to enter the wide open world. Right. Um, I hate saying the real world cause they live in the real world every day. Right. right. But, right. but the, the amount of sort of space and freedom they have kind of exponentially grows after that, you know, having to be at school every day leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the, like, what's the advice that you give to, to these, these, you know, these young adults as they're, as they're about ready to take on this experience post, post high school, what, what's the advice you would give to, let's say you've got a room full of my seniors in front of you right now. What are like two big key pieces that you'd go, this is what you should be doing. This is what I think, you know, here's my advice for you. One big thing. That's a great question. The first thing I would tell them is you have to learn who you are, Mm. right? So much of their identity is confirmed by the people that have loved them. And they've been told you're so smart or you're so this or you're so that, which it's great. You want positive support. But oftentimes I find when I ask students, uh, what are your strengths? It's tough for them to think about more than two or three, or they tend to get stuck. And so the first thing I would tell them is get to learn you. What are you like? Not because someone necessarily told you that you like it or told you you're good at this thing, but learn more about yourself. This is the other thing. And it's because I'm really big on on financial literacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would tell them read about money. Just read about the management of money. And, And I say that because anytime I ask a student, hey, what do you want to be 10, 15, 20 years from now? A lot of them will say, uh, I want a family. I want to be able to travel. Uh, I want to be able to spend my time in the, in the way I want. And I want a, a comfortable lifestyle, right? Yeah. And so my next question is, I mean, my next, my, the, the follow-up after that is like, you can have all of those things, but how are you going to get there? Because I also, I want those things for myself. <laughs> and then I realized very recently, I'm not really making the right moves financially for those things to be true. So I would say, learn more about yourself, spend that time with yourself. Just, it's funny how much you can discover by just talking to yourself and answering questions. Um, yeah. But I would say yeah, any anything to personally develop yourself and then read as much as you can about money, financial literacy, generational wealth and things like that. I, I, I really do appreciate the, that idea of like, that self-exploration of what are your strengths? What do you feel your strengths are? And I think sometimes, you know, working with, with young people, there's either, they're either very braggadocious that everything is their strength or the complete opposite where they just can't, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I'm not, they, they, they're down on themselves about those things and, and, and building that reflection with them so they can look at, okay, I know that this semester I had a really hard time doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Why did I have a really hard time doing X, Y, Z? Right. I had a really easy time doing 
this. Yes. Why did I have a really easy time doing that? And, and I, I think you're right. I think finding what makes you tick is really what, what helps you propel what you're going to, what, what you want to do next. Right. Right. Finding that area that's going to support your strengths in, 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 yes. in, in, that's in it. that you can grow more, right. Or you can yes. challenge yourself more, those sorts of things. Right. So right. reading through, you know, I, I was looking over the website for, you know, for your, you know, for the consulting firm that, you, you, you know, and it seems like a lot of tips and a lot of hints for parents and, and students. So let me ask you, like when, right. when you're working with, with families and, and as an educator who, who deals with families all the time, right. That's, that's, if we're going to be strong advocates for the kids in our classroom, we have to, we have to work with their, with, with their parents and their families and their right. guardians and, and kind of build them up. How do you go about, you know, how do you think that, that, you know, teachers should, should, how can they work on building those relationships, not with just mm-hmm. the student, but, but with the family that surrounds them, you're working with families, um, you provide support to families and, and, and students who are, or moving forward in this process. How do you think educators can build that better relationship with those folks? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, well, and, and this was something somebody, somebody taught me uh, when, when I, when I taught was that first call home has to be a positive call. And actually if, if, as a teacher, whether this is your first year or your 10th year, uh, if, if you spent the first week calling every parent and finding something good that their kid did, even if it was, look, Jim showed up to class and like was, was just on it. Right. Of course you don't want to Pretend, but that first call being a positive one helps to start things off on a great on a great note. I think after that, it's about making sure that you and the parent are on the same team. Like, yeah. actually, what does what does this parent want for their son or daughter? What do you want for the for for their son or daughter? And then where's the the overlap? And I think if they can, if parents can understand, I care for your child. But at the same time, I'm going to push them. I'm never going to lower the bar for for what I expect for them and yeah. what that looks like uh, in in the classroom. I think parents can can be more of a of a team player, or at least see like, okay, I can I can meet you. And I think also be clear about, hey, here's here's how I, I the parent can support you, and then say, hey, what are some things you think I can do to to better support the ways that you want your your son or daughter to grow. So I, I think it is a true collaboration. And I know as teachers between the lesson planning, the grading papers, it is tough to say, okay, so when I'm going to find time to have all of these conversations <laughs> with all of these parents, I, I, I think one, if, if it's something that you think is like critical to your, your role in, in helping students, then you got to make time for, it. I would for sure say make time for those positive phone calls. And then there's going to be moments throughout the, the semester when you're checking in with parents yeah, that you want to yeah. take, take an opportunity to build. I, I really like what you said about the idea that, that we're all on the same team, because I, I think, you know, when we're, when we're working with parents, sometimes we, 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 we can almost build this adversarial sort of thing whenever mm-hmm. we have a meeting with parents. And, and I know for me, I always try to work from the thing that like, we both want to help your child. Right. We both want to support them. Let me tell you, you know, why what's happening is a detriment to your child and how can I help fix that? Or how can you help me fix that? And what can we do? I think you're right. We both want, no, I don't think any parent that I've talked to has ever been like, I want my kid to fail. 
And, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that normally, that normally doesn't happen in those conversations with parents at school. So I, I think you're right. I think building those relationships is really key. All right, Fred, one of the things that we always ask whenever we have a guest on, this is, a, this is our big question, right? We always make sure we ask us as, as punk rock classrooms, the idea of punk rock is sort of the, you know, dismantling the system, flipping the table, changing things up, fighting the man, all of that. If you serve could change one thing about education, mm. what would it be and why? I love this question. And, and some people might be like, no, you're definitely wrong. That is not a great answer. But this is truly how I but this is why I, this is why I like this one, because Thank everybody you. has Thank something you. they want to. Yeah. Everybody has something different. And I love hearing that, you know, the, the different attacks on what this would be and the different sort of, of path. So lay it on me, Fred. What would it be? I would get rid of the grading system. They, no, they, kids would no longer receive grades. And the reason why I say why I picked that is because when I think about what successful people do, you don't get an A for paying your bills on time. You don't get an A for completing a project at work. It's all about mastery. It's all about uh, thinking, what does it take to, to be excellent? It's a lot of teamwork. And, and those things you can't really, it, those are like skills that can be developed, but there's no grade that you get. And sometimes I feel like kids, and I was like this too, you get the grade and then like that is the satisfaction that, that, that comes from getting that ARB. And then the opposite is true, is you get that F or that D and you take that as like, that is a representation of who I am or how smart I am. And so I would probably, not probably, I would want it to the grading or, or school to, to lean more towards how, do, how does someone showcase mastery of a skill um, and, and having as many attempts to do that as, as, as possible. Because the, the way that I've grown as a person, as a professional, it's through failure, right? Yeah. I've never gotten yeah. an A on something and that the, the skill was done. And so I would, I would, get, I would get rid of the grades and, and focus on mastery and focus on excellence, uh, yeah, excellence in everything you do. And Fred, I love the idea of like, never once did I like get an A at like in life, did someone go, you got an A and you're like, good, I'm never doing that again, right? Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen. No one in your life goes, that's an A, you never have to do that one again, you're fine, right? right? right. I, I really, I really do appreciate that because I, I think you're right. I think, you know, having taught secondary for a long time and now I, I find myself at an elementary school. And mm -hmm. when we talk, I talk with my elementary teachers, you know, my, my K through, you know, uh, fourth grade teachers who don't really use A's and B's, right? It's all about mastery. Are right. you mastering that skill? Where are you at in mastering this skill? I think like it's easier to work with students to say like, you're almost there. We've almost right. got mastery as opposed to, well, you got, you got a D on it. Right. Cause some kids, mm -hmm. I, I think sometimes what we do is a kid goes, all right, I, I don't have to do it again. If I got a D right. <laughs> right. That, right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, mm -hmm. I remember talking to a student who, uh, who was, he was, he was, a, he was in welding. Right. So he was mm -hmm. one of my seniors. He was, uh, in, he was a CTE kid. So our career and technical mm -hmm. ed kids was mm -hmm. doing welding, getting a certification and he already had a job welding. And so I had a conversation with him. I'm like, Hey man, like right now your grade's not looking too hot. Cause you've been, you're, you're missing some stuff. Like you're not, you know, you're not with us. You're not participating in what we're doing in class, man. Like what's going on. And he goes, ah, Mr. Buckley, I already, I already got a job, but like, what is it? You know, right. I'm, 
I got, I'm going to do this and that's fine. I'm like, I love that. And you are going to make more money than I do right now. As soon as you get that certificate and start welding, that is fantastic. But right. you got to show me that you know these things somehow before I can, before I can let you go. And I'm not saying you have to, I'm not like, and that's the tough part is like, I had to have the conversation with like, I'm not saying you have to have an A to walk out of here, right? Like it's much easier to say like, can you show me that you know how to do this as opposed right. to, can you, can you a hundred percent get this multiple choice test, right? Or this thing, right? Because you and I both know, like how many times do you have to look something up in your, in your job? Right. I'm never going to memorize a hundred percent of anything. Not never. And so to, to make a kid feel successful only when they're able to memorize 90% of something, that's tough. That's a tough thing. That's a tough road to, to go down as, a, as, a, as an educator and be okay with that. So I appreciate that. I, I like, you know, I like that one. I think that's a good one. I think there, Fred, I think there are probably more people who wish we could chuck out grades Right. But it's so ingrained in what we yeah. do. And as it, and as it, I, I, and I also think that's interesting because as someone who works with secondary, getting kids prepped for secondary mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, that post, that post college, you know, post high school, mm-hmm. those grades can be real important to that process. Right. Right. So right. I, I appreciate you saying that even more in working in the world you work in as someone who like my daughter is in college and having that conversation with her when she was, you know, entering high school to go like your mom and I are both educators. We don't have a lot of cash. I would love for you to be able to go to college. So a scholarship is going to be really helpful. (laughs) Right. And so having that conversation around like grades, 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 as opposed to like explore what you like, find what you're passionate about. Right. Exactly. And that's a tough, that's a tough thing when grades become such an important piece of like, how, how do we get where we're going? Right. Right. So I appreciate, I appreciate you, you having that, that flip for me. All right. This is a, this is the last big question. You ready for this one on the punk rock classrooms podcast. It would not be an episode. If I didn't ask you, Fred, what have you been listening to? We talk about music every, every episode, Mike and I share what we're listening to. What's getting us going that week. So I'm going to ask you, sir, what, what are you, what have you been listening to? Man, you know what? I, this is the time of the year where um, I would guess any time of the year, but things have definitely been bombarding at work. So I, I, I'm a spiritual person in uh-huh. a faith. So I love to listen to, uh, you know, different spiritual albums. And this is one that, that gets me pumped every, every time. But Kanye's Jesus is King uh, albums, more specifically, there's a YouTube of one of his performances, yeah. uh, live performances. That one gets me gets me every time. And I know there's there's probably, you know, people might have mixed feelings about <laughs> Kanye, but that album, that album specifically, <laughs> that's one that gets me in the in the right mindset. So I'm I'm trying to tap into the to the spiritual music, spiritual uh music a little bit more now. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I always love hearing what people are listening because we always have different things like and I like how you said like this time of year, right? There's always like some part of your year where you're like, I need this type of music right now up to get me through. Right. So I, you know what, Fred, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing what you do. Where can people find you on the internet? Throw us, you know, your, your, your handles, your website, all that stuff. Where can folks find you at? Yeah, you can definitely find me at fourth education. 
www.fredjohnson.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Fred Johnson, the fourth, all spelled out, all, all one word. Definitely DM me, hit me up. I'll be happy to connect with anybody. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, 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 I would say this too, if, if you're a, if you're a high school educator and you're trying to think about how can I prep or help my students kind of prepare for this, go check out Fred's website. Look at some of those blog posts about things that kids can do in high school to sort of prep for that idea and connect with them, ask them some questions, shoot them some, shoot them some questions that he can, you know, help you out with, right? Because we all need, what can we do to support our kids? And if this is a path that you need a little more support on, connect with a guy like Fred and Fred's going to help you out. So Fred, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for hanging out with us on punk rock classrooms. Go follow him on social media. Check it out. Go check out the blog post that he's got over on, over on his website. And uh, you know what? We're so glad that that you could join us. I appreciate it, Fred. Uh, Anything else you want to say before you go? Just appreciate the opportunity, Josh. Love, love your channel. Love your podcast. Definitely a fan. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, everybody. Uh, We'll see you at the show. podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network better today better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com we'll see you on the next episode